I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 15 and preview of round 16. This episode is brought to you by Name Changes. That's right, like other big international brands, we're changing too. We're now the Burger Fantasy Insider, bringing you the best and hottest burger takes each week. No, no, no. Oh, wait, sorry. No, 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 no. Actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Blaine Riffle and Michael Denton and special guest host returning Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, guys. Thanks again for having me back. Uh, hope you're ready for my medium rare takes tonight. Oh, I was hoping you'd bring a burger with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, to slather on the cheese with all of my takes. <laughs> Blaine, any uh, any puns to add? Uh, nope, I suck with puns. <laughs> <laughs> he puts mayo on his burgers. No, I'm kidding. You, right. Savage. You, you could have savage. gone with – I mean, I thought the obvious take right there was, was you could have t- turned puns to buns and just say, no, I brought buns tonight. But uh, See, my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> you just can't sandwich it in like that, Reed. <laughs> oh, we're going nowhere fast, but we need to start talking yes, about. Let us move on, let us move on. <laughs> uh, guys. So we had a uh, a pretty good round this this past week. Uh, it was uh, one team on a buy, no no double games. Uh, right after the Open Cup, so fourth round of the Open Cup. So let's talk about how did your teams do, Blaine? Yeah, at one point in the middle of the Chicago game, I looked at my team and I was sitting with the third overall week rank. And then the last round of games kicked off and I finished somewhere in the 550s. Uh, 100 points total. Wasn't too displeased with my overall score. Um, My bench did wonderful, got 28 points coming in there. And I was just about three minutes slow of taking Elise out and letting Zardes auto sub in. So that cost me six points, but wasn't too bad. I did go with the Diaz captain, which I think he had third or fourth highest score on the round, so can't really complain there. And when a couple of your guys are lesser-known picks that nobody really captains ever, you can't complain a whole lot. Not enough to win all of my head-to-heads, unfortunately, but I did go up in the overall rankings, so that goal to get in the top 500 seems a little more alive now. Nice. Mike? Uh, pretty good. Um, like Blaine, I had a real strong bench. Um, most of my players hit, um, with Elise being the exception, but, uh, like Blaine said, I think most people had Elise, so that didn't hurt me too bad. Um, kind of thing that kind of put me behind the eight ball, because I, I said I got 95. I don't remember if I actually said my total or not. Uh, I've captained Vasquez over Diaz, trying to be a little bit differential, um, and so that didn't pan out for me quite as well. Um, he got eight points, so, you know, not a terrible captain, um, but anyway any stretch of the imagination, but, um, big, big hurt was, uh, aha on my line, uh, only got me one point, but, 
Um, and then a Rudy only getting five when I was debating all week between uh, him and Zlatan. Um, so I got Zlatan. Um, but other than that, I took uh, Funimayor's uh, 11 points and Reina's 10 off my bench. So uh, that ended up for a good week for me. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't have a very good round this week, let's be honest. I finished with uh, 75 points. All my defenders had clean sheets, but I had Elis coming off the bench. He nailed me a nice two points, although he could have he scored 15. I mean, you saw that game. He <laughs> won 10-0. It was insane. Uh, I had Kyoto as my captain. I went double Houston forward. You know, played with fire a little bit there and got burned. I also switched into Sheriff or Reyna at the last second, so that, that kind of buried me a little bit. Um, but, you know, could be worse. Uh, pretty much everybody else hit, so I finished with a cool 75, and I'm sitting right around 220 overall. Not bad, not bad. I uh, had a great week myself. I ended up with 112 points, a week rank 27th. Overall, my overall rank has jumped up to 191, so I finally cracked into that top 200 like I was shooting for after some setbacks at the beginning of the year. And uh, yeah, everyone, everything just worked out with my bench, like everybody here has already said. And we tipped that last week. We said, look for Toronto as a pretty good shot for your bench against that weekend Philadelphia team after those red cards. And every player on my bench was a Toronto player. So I had Bono, I had... Uh, Vanderbilt, I had Vasquez and Javenko all right there in the bench. I had two Minnesota guys as a buy on my field already. And then when I saw that Alessandrini was not going to play, I was like, you know what? I'm happy with Geo 6 so I'm just not going to change anything. But like you said, Mike, Elise was the only player I had that did not uh, hit, but I did get uh, Ibrahimovic and Diaz, and I had Hollingshead and Zusi and uh, Fuen Mayor at, uh, at Houston as well back on defense so a uh, pretty good round pretty solid some very nice scores uh from teams this week and uh, a couple of unexpected clean sheets otherwise i don't know if you guys will disagree with this uh, i think it kind of turned out like we would expect as after some midweek games the toronto game came back against a week in philadelphia like we thought uh, did not see vancouver putting up at five to two scoreline against Orlando, even though we know Orlando ships goals all the time. Um, Kamara came back with two Davies, who was the top scoring player of the round, three assists, one goal. And of course, Reyna came in and got his goal again, uh, right along in there. Uh, Dwyer did come back for Orlando. That is something to point out. And he bagged a goal uh, after just playing 26 minutes in that round. So that was a great round that I think definitely uh, none of us we're expecting that a, a classic because MLS round right there. I think, uh, I think would you guys agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I could have seen um, Vancouver beating Orlando uh, and I, I toyed with having Kai Kamara, uh, but certainly the red card was a big deal there. Um, sure. You know, they, they couldn't keep up. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the real surprise of the round was that Houston up a man for almost 60 minutes. Is that right? Um, didn't do more against Colorado. Uh, Tim mentioned it. Ellis probably should have had a whole bunch, or at least, excuse me. Um, and it's kind <laughs> of shocking out. that they didn't. But, yeah. I, I take it as as a, a sign of respect that more people are calling us out on name pronunciations that perhaps we're being viewed as more legitimate soccer podcasting. Still fantasy. Not We're not, like, straight up 
MLS right here talking news, but still fantasy. But uh, yeah, if you guys uh, want to point out some mispronunciations, we are happy to try to change them. It's always fun when people do uh, say that. So yes, Ellis and Elise, two different people, definitely worth pointing that out. <laughs> um, the, the Dallas over Montreal clean sheet, I think we all saw coming right there. Uh, yeah. Seattle... Uh, not holding a clean sheet to DC. I thought they could get one, but still not really surprised with some of the struggles that Seattle has had. I would have thought LA would have dropped a goal to Real Salt Lake just because that just seems, again, what LA does. I was surprised that Portland didn't score, sorry, Blaine, against Sporting Kansas City, just just with uh, pleasantly surprised because I had Zussi. But um, I thought that Portland might have gotten something going, which is the great form they've been on recently. And then all of the goals that happened in San Jose versus LAFC, uh, that was that was a treat to see. Didn't have any of the players, but uh, <laughs> that, that was a surprise game as well. So a few surprises. Everything else kind of turned out. This is just what we've come to expect around this time of year, everyone. So don't take this as something huge or shattering going forward. Players are starting to leave for the World Cup. There was a, there were a few players who played during the Open Cup round four. Um, round four traditionally not a uh, a big all in for MLS teams, <laughs> Colorado. Um, <clears throat> but uh, um, some teams did some, but there were some big players who did play. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say it now because I think it will probably come up maybe later. I don't know if Mike would point this out or something, but yes. Uh, FC Cincinnati did lose to Minnesota in, in shootouts. However, they still remain undefeated against an MLS team uh, in, in regular time. So got that for now until they join the MLS <laughs> next time. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was a good game. I, I assume you guys probably didn't watch that, but it was, it was a really good game. Um, I think they played very well for the 120 minutes, but uh, they did not hit PK. So uh, I think Minnesota got outplayed, but they did earn it because they were the ones who were able to bury their PKs. Yeah, I was a little disappointed to not see the keepers come out for a few kicks. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, it was definitely Columbus that owned the PK game. Yeah. Speaking of Columbus, I will say they did get a bit of a raw deal against the uh, the Red Bulls. Um, they really dominated that first half. Um, but, you know, uh, the Red Bulls did uh, muster it up. They mustered up. They mustered the troops, and uh, you know they they gathered it. They got yeah, gathered together and and really made it happen in the second half. And and they got a goal. Welcome back, Luis Robles. Definitely. Uh, so that's my recap from some of the the fantasy takeaways. Is there anything you guys want to add before we move on? I think we're going to see maybe a few more clean sheets over these next few weeks as the World Cup's going on uh, with some of the big name players leaving. So maybe maybe uh, might be some nice defensive formations coming up. Well, and I also think it's at this point we've got a really good sense of who the terrible teams are, uh, the Colorado, <laughs> Montreal, and San Jose. Um, so it's kind of nice to have, like, these teams are utter garbage and you can target them for both offense and defense. Um, you know, obviously their opponents, not them themselves. I wouldn't pick up any of their players at this point, um, except for maybe Piotti if you're feeling adventurous. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, before we get into the actual games and the housekeeping, this is a short week, uh, but there's a couple other topics that we're going to ask. Uh, the, I'm going to ask the guys about because people at Reddit have been asking some questions, not necessarily fantasy focused this week, but uh, about uh, the World Cup and specifically 
two coaches have been going through the rumor mill. One of them has exited the rumor mill and on Twitter uh, sort of made a promise to uh, MLS to US men's national team uh, on Twitter that we'd let Mike have some air here to rant about his coach. Mike. Uh, well, I mean, my coach is uh, now uh, Dominic Torrens. Uh, I am still <laughs> learning how to pronounce his name. So, um, you know, I don't have too much to, to rant about him. Uh, he seems like a good, uh, a good guy. Um, I mean, obviously, this was a really bad week as a New York City fan, um, getting absolutely embarrassed in the Open Cup to Tim's uh, Red Bulls. Uh, didn't start it off well. Uh, Herrera being declared out for the season really hurts um, all of their trophy chances because he he's such an important player for what they do. And then, of course, uh, Patrick Vieira, uh, despite his heart being really, really in New York, um, his heart is now in Nice. His body is not, um, nor is his mind or his coaching staff. <laughs> they will all be in Nice. And I'm, I'm amazed that I actually pronounced that correctly, that it's Nice and not nice, because I really just want to say nice 100 times every time I, I read it. Um, so, I mean, it's a really frustrating week. Uh, I mean, the good thing is, is that it seems like the reports for writing this deal was done a few weeks ago. So New York City already has a replacement lined up and has already announced that replacement. Uh, Dominic uh, Torrance, um, if you haven't uh, read, uh, he is one of the assistants of Pep Guardiola and has been an assistant since Pep was teaching, uh, coaching Barcelona B. Um, so he has experience in youth development, has experience uh, at all the highest levels of European soccer that are out there, um, has has very limited experience as a first-team coach, one good season, one bad season. So... Um, there's at least some hope that he can keep uh, what Patrick Vera has been doing, if if not improve it. Um, but obviously, you're you're never really quite sure. Um, you know, some guys come into MLS with great resumes and flop, and some guys come in with questionable resumes and then um, you know absolutely blow it out of the water. So um, one of the good things about him is that at least he has. Um, experience coaching David Villa from David Villa's uh, time in Barcelona. So there shouldn't be too many concerns about getting a rapport or getting respect in the locker room or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that Villa and him, he'll be able to catch Torrance up very quickly you know, as to what, you know, all the, it's, it's, um, all the quirks about MLS. So hopefully that's good for Patrick Vieira. Um, I think he was a really good coach. Uh, I will, miss him um but that said i'm not gonna get too upset about a coach who never won a single cup tie uh, and who left us mid-season with all his coaching staff that just kind of rubs me the wrong way um that's not a great classic michael rant but that, that's all i can do for now <laughs> it's fair so what do you think and maybe this is a little bit unfair um after talking about just some of the experience that, that the new coach has. Uh, but what do you think we'll see as an impact on the fantasy side? Are we going to see a change of formations or a change of player preferences, or is it going to be business as usual? Um, I'm assuming for the most part, it's going to be business as usual. Uh, I mean, New York City's next game is going to be Toronto. 
I don't think that's a great time for a guy who's, I mean, as of right now, still in Europe waiting for his visa uh, to be experimenting a whole lot. Uh, I'm a belie- I believe he'll probably rely on Davide and what Patrick Vieira has already set up. So I don't think you're going to see a whole lot. Uh, I mean, there's certainly some players on the margins. Uh, Jonathan Lewis is a player who New York City fans have been frustrated as to why he's on the bench and is why Burjet has been playing. Um, so kind of players like that who are really questionable, I think you can see um, some changes. But as far as like your main go-to players, Davide is going to still get playing time. Maxi Morales, uh and I mean, Pep Guardiola is very much been running a four-three-three, um, in, in with Manchester City. I'm I'm expecting that to be the same. Uh, the possession base build out of the back is absolutely going to be the same. So I don't think you're going to see too many major changes for the fantasy impact. Um, I mean, I guess the question is whether New York City can keep the the same quality and run of form that they have both at home and on the road um, that they did under Vieira, but. As of right now, I would kind of approach New York City the same way I approached New York City with Patrick Vieira. I, I don't think there's going to be a too tremendous change that you're going to be able to, to see, at least right now. All right. Well, I hate to only talk about one side of, of New York when it is both sides that, that are getting the news right now. One coach is left. One coach is still here. Uh, all the rumors, though, are talking about both of them leaving. So, Tim... Uh, your chances, you're over under on Marsh leaving, following in the footsteps of Vieira. You know, I think that he would do a good job over there. I think he would surprise a lot of people. And Red Bull globally has done a good job of sort of implementing the same system at each branch of the club. Um, I think the Red Bulls are in a bit better shape because of that, too, because. Chris Armas can come in and start coaching that team day one. John John Wallinek, same thing. He could come in and start coaching that team, no problem. Um, you know, everyone is under the same system. Everyone knows what they're doing, and I think it's going to be a little more seamless. And not to say, you know, that New York City won't it won't be a seamless transition. I mean, they have the system. They know what they're do- they know what they're going to do. They're going to play out of the back. They're going to, you know dominate possession they're going to press so i don't think much changes there it's just that the new nyc coach will have to come in and sort of get a feel for all the players whereas armas and Wallinek pretty much know who everybody is and know the personalities and know everything all the ins and outs of the team already so i think it's a little bit smoother of a transition but i think it's just as big of a blow in terms of just losing that personality and just losing that caliber of coach from an organization. And that comes mostly from an organization that from its top down tends to have more influence on how its teams play than necessarily styles that particular coaches. Exactly. Yeah. So from a fantasy standpoint, I think it's again, business as usual, but you know, the the same guys are going to be, you know, putting out the same numbers. It's just, I think they'll have a bit of an easier transition compared to NYC. And if they'll be available at the times, which we'll talk about <laughs> awesome. in a little bit. Uh, last question. I'm going to start with you, Blaine, since you haven't gotten to talk yet. Of course, Mike and Tim, feel free to join in. Broad MLS topic here. Both coaches leaving. Everything I've been seeing with Fiera, he's he's not bad-mouthing MLS at all. Been very complimentary. And as you already mentioned, Tim, uh, you think Marsh can surprise. What uh, benefits do you think, if any, are going to come from – 
success of these players abroad, will any of that fall back down to MLS or will it just go to other, other reasons? Yeah. Well, I, I'll just jump in on both coaches too. I think these is, are good moves all the way around. I've heard some rumors run around that Marsh's deal is basically done with the Red Bull front office. It's just a matter of when. It could be the end of this season. He could stick around for two more, but I've heard that it's basically a done deal that he is going overseas. But it's just when do they actually pull the trigger and start switching coaches around to accommodate this. And I think it's a good thing for the league in general. Uh, we want to be a selling league with players, or I know a lot of us fans want, our, want it to be a selling league with players, bring in young talent and send them overseas and make a profit on them. Uh, doing that with your coaches can be a very good thing, can bring a lot of credibility to the league. If both of these guys go over and put up solid mid-table, upper table in their leagues, that's that's huge for MLS. That means we've got quality coaches over here that are willing to go overseas that can make that next step. And that just brings in a lot more younger players. It makes other teams willing to loan players out to these coaches, knowing that they have the, the credentials to end up overseas and competing in their leagues puts together a more European system. I know um, both of these teams have ties to European clubs and clubs in other countries, and that's that's good for them. That's good for the European model, and just it really facilitates everything that both teams have been trying to do and make sure their players can go between clubs if they need to and that their coaching staff is somewhat interchangeable. And both of these teams tend to play this a similar system as their European counterparts, and it it's I really like it, and it's I'm hoping. I wish these two guys the best. If uh, if Marsh goes over and with Vieira going over, I think I wish them the best. I want them to go over there, excel, do as do the best they can, because it's going to bring back some of that credit to our league. They got to cut their teeth over here as a head coach. I think Arsenal's going to be sad that they let they didn't go for Vieira at the time they did. I think he's going to go over and do some nice things with Nice, and it's just going to. I I really can't be happier for either one of these guys and for our league because. I, I expect several more coaches to get these calls. I know Vermes has had a couple of phone calls about going overseas, and I know there's been some other coaches as well that they get those occasional phone calls, and I think it's only a matter of time before some of our younger American coaches start going overseas. Tim, Mike, you want to add anything there? Uh, what, what I'll add is both of these coaches, um, Jesse Marsh and Patrick Vieira, to their credit, um, believe very strongly in the American player. Um, even though New York City had a bunch of internationals, Patrick Vieira really got uh, New York City going by pushing Jack Harrison, uh, you know, finding Ben Sweat, uh, really developing these American talents. And so if they're going to go overseas and have success, it's not surprising that they might bring some American players uh, of their own or convince their clubs to look for American players, and that will open up more opportunities for American players. Um, we're not going to be – the Premier League. We're not going to be a destination. You know, this is the club that I've always dreamed of. Uh, league. We're going to be a club, uh, a league that develops a ton of talent, and we want to attract that talent to come. And so, if we can develop um, develop talent both on the on the field and off the field for coaches and players, I think we'll get more talent coming in and and become a better league. And American soccer as a whole will profit. We'll have better quality games in MLS. We'll have better quality players uh, for the U.S. men's national team. And I, I just think all around it, it's a good thing. So even though it sucks for both of the New York teams um, this coming week, and it kind of puts the 
uh, Eastern Conference uh, picture and a little bit of chaos, I, I think it's overall good for the game. Now, hopefully, you know, g- going forward, it'll make it a little bit more entertaining um, as an Eastern Conference playoff picture uh, tra- starts to develop. We have, you know, now we have a nice little shakeup between the two best teams in the league, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm just very interested to see, you know, operating under the assumption that Marsh does go over, I'm interested to see which players, if any, actually sort of follow them there. Um, does Patrick Vieira bring a guy from NYCFC or from MLS in general? I mean, we know Tyler Adams is going over there, but do we see Tim Parker or Aaron Long also end up in Germany? I don't know. We'll see. Well, if, if Parker, if they're having issues with the TAM deal, I wouldn't be surprised about Parker. Yeah. Um, for, for Vieira, I did, I did joke on Twitter. I don't think he's going to try to to start poaching uh, New York City players. One, because it's a different um, team. You know, they're not in the same system. It's not so. It's not like Red Bull, where it's just moving a player from one team to the to the next. Um, but especially for Vieira, if he starts trying to poke around New York City, they're just going to come in and be like, "Oh, you have Mar- Mario Balotelli. He's now a DP for New York City." <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna start buying all your good players and you're gonna yeah. <laughs> so i i think you'll probably kind of uh um defer to them um for for that we'll, we'll see he could probably get jack harrison on the cheap i mean honestly he probably can and he probably should <laughs> yeah 100 well you guys actually uh, went ahead and answered my my final question about players potentially leaving so uh thanks a lot for that discussion thanks for those insights i hope everyone enjoyed that little Aside from the traditional fantasy conversation that we have, the reason we did this tonight was, like we said near the top of the show, there were only six games this week. Short week because of World Cup action getting started on Thursday. Uh, Also, uh, a day I might be closing on a house, so super exciting is what this week (laughs) is all about. Uh, And we're going to start out with housekeeping. Uh, Just as always, teams on a bye, a bunch a bunch of teams are on a bye. We've got Dallas, Houston, LAFC, LA Galaxy, Minnesota United again, uh, New York City FC, Philly, Portland, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, and Vancouver. Yes, it probably would have been easier just to tell you who was playing instead of who wasn't, but this is the part about buys. Uh, double game week, nobody. There won't be any more double game weeks actually until round 19. Uh, so just get ready for just buys, which is the new norm for uh, MLS fantasy in this era. Uh, and as we talked about the World Cup, uh, Mike, are you going to mention any call-ups during your injury report? Uh, I don't know that we have any um, call-ups that are really uh, all that concerning. I mean, uh, I mean, Murillo for uh, the Red Bulls. Um, I mean, I think the, the main thing for the internationals with, with these guys, I mean, you should know who, who's been called up by now. Um, the main thing is a, a lot of Americans are coming back. Uh, we don't know. Tim and I were talking before the show about their status. Um, and not a World Cup uh, call-up, but Kaku, I think, is still with um, his international team. And I think they play tomorrow, which is Tuesday, uh, as we're recording this. So it doesn't seem like he's coming back. But I think those are really the only um, big call-ups that I would worry about fantasy-wise from these teams. Yeah, if you want to check those out, uh, MLS does have an article. You might have to search for It's posted over at Reddit uh, with the, I think it was 19 players that did get a call-up. Is that right? Something Somewhere around there. 19 uh, or 20, depending on if Simon gets the final call. 
Right, and he did get a, a play in a friendly, so very likely. Uh, 1920 players that did get called up. And then there's also a running list of just uh, international games and call-ups that MLS keeps on their website where you can check the status of some of the other players who might be at friendly matches as well. So keep an eye on that before you set your games or set your players for the upcoming games. Uh, but just keep that in mind on the back of your head at all times and enjoy the World Cup. Um, we were talking some about the show for who we think is going to win. So, uh, guys, just just roll call. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup, Blaine? Uh, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably put it on France. Mike? I would also say France. Uh, Spain is my sleeper pick. Mm. Tim? I have put money on it, and I've got France. <laughs> Although I've got a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit of money on Mexico, too. They just got to advance. Ah, interesting. Uh, uh, I have it on Germany. Maybe that's a, a cop-out kind of kind of pick but um i'm looking at germany right now so uh but it's exciting kind of a little bit less exciting without the u.s there but still exciting because it's the world cup so get excited uh patreon thank you so much everyone for continuing to donate with patreon uh, we hope you're enjoying the product this season please let us know uh, what you think about ways we can improve improve our show uh, make make the content more tight or just cover the things that you want to know let us know send us your feedback uh, we do this a hundred percent for you guys who, who donate and for everyone who listens. Uh, so, so let us know. We hope you're enjoying it. We're going to get another um, hangout going soon. I was thinking about doing one during a, a World Cup event, uh, maybe next week, since uh, most of that week is pretty dead, maybe near the top. But we'll find a good game. I'll talk it over with Mike and Blaine, everybody. Figure out a fun game. Or let me know. Uh, just That's even better. Send us some messages on Twitter. Which game would you like for us to live hang out for MLS Fantasy Insider where you can join us, watch a game early or part of a game, whatever our time has, and then just chat about soccer, Star Wars, life, whatever. Let's let's make it happen. <laughs> Let us know what you want to hear. If you're interested in finding out more about Patreon, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I and find out how you can help contribute and become a member of the MLS Fantasy Insider family. And with that, Mike, the injury news. Uh, well, before I get to the injury, I'm going to point out something which I didn't realize until earlier um, today, which is that it, the World Cup is not the only cup competition going on um, for this week. Um, the Open Cup is playing games for this week. So um, it's all kind of starting like on Friday up until like next Monday. Um, so be aware of that because I think it, um Affects a few things, um, in particular the Red Bulls, because I think the Red Bulls play on Saturday. Is that right, Tim? I think they go up to Philly on Saturday. Yeah, I think they do. Hold on, let me let me check that. I'll get back to you on that. Let's keep going though. Everybody plays on Wednesday right. this week. Well, everyone. Oh yeah, as far as like the regular games that we play on Wednesday, but I'm talking about for yeah. the Open oh, Cup. Oh, sorry, it's Philly, like yeah. Mm -hmm. There's like um, like Portland's on Friday. I mean, for most of it, the fantasy for this week, it's not a big deal. I think the only one that matters is Red Bulls and Philly play on Saturday. So I don't know if that's going to affect anything, but keep an eye out on. Um, I was trying to – I wrote it down, but I was trying to double-check before I swore it because it was just such a weird thing that I saw. I was like, they're really playing during the World Cup? Anyway, um, I'm just going to keep the injury list. Uh, I'm just going to keep the injury list to fantasy ones um, and the games for this week. Um, 
the one who's not involved in this week, uh, I'll give it to um, Alessandrini missed with a hamstring injury um, with, you know, at the LA Galaxy's patented uh, un- previously undisclosed injury. Um, <laughs> and Herrera is out for the year with his ankle injury. So big loss for New York City there um, for this week. Um, as was requested so heavily by Twitter, Almiron is questionable. Um, my general sense is that if they're questionable going into a break, they're probably not going to play, but we'll see. Um, Bezicourt for Red Bulls uh, left early. I haven't seen a good update. Uh, may- maybe Tim's heard one. Uh, El Munir for uh, Orlando received a red card, and actually he got two yellows and got a yellow card accumulation, so he's going to be gone for the next two games, but obviously he will miss the match against Montreal. And then Bully for Colorado uh, also received a red card, so he won't be playing, uh, although you probably can't tell because it's not going to make a difference between them being good or bad, whether who's playing or not. But um, that's really all the injuries I saw for um, – the teams that we're having, uh, we mentioned earlier, Don Dwyer uh, saw minutes back. Uh, Ladero came back uh, and started. So, um, you know, get, getting some players back for, for some of these teams. And then obviously, like we talked about earlier, um, the Red Bulls players, Parker, Adams for Columbus, Stefan, and Will Trapp, they all played 90 minutes uh, against France on Saturday. We don't know what condition they'll be um, coming back in. So, that might have a big effect on those games. Yeah, quick social media roundup. Uh, Parker and Adams are both back. And uh, Vince Bezicourt celebrated his 25th birthday yesterday. And he was looking pretty stiff on all the uh, social media. So Florian Velo had a nice <laughs> little uh, video of him basically just hobbling to the couch. So I don't know what that means, but you know, just something to think about in case you were decided to get to go with Bezicourt this week. And, yeah, the Red Bulls do play on Saturday. It's so weird. I love the U.S. <laughs> Open Cup. It's the best. It's just the best. Like, we have games from Friday to, to Wednesday. Just all Yeah, we have stuff. Friday, Saturday, Monday, and then a bunch of them on Wednesday. <laughs> Unreal. Good times. Good times. Great soccer. Uh, the greatest tournament in all the land. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Yeah, no, it's really good. It's lots of fun for those of us who are still in it. Grumble, grumble. I'm so sorry. Does thank you, thank you. Hey, all right. Well, you thank you what? guys. At least your club's actually won an open cup game. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're saying it for me, Mike. <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna go all in on self pity uh, until the Hudson River Derby. Like I've already just assumed, oh, we're just gonna lose that for nothing, just to like dull the pain. Um, you know. Hey Mike, you know I'm just gonna just gonna go down. I mean, I mean, I know New York is red right now, but I guess we could probably say New York is blue just from the sheer depression from New York City fans right now, right? Probably, although I don't know. I mean, if if Jeffrey Marsh leaves, I think Red Bulls fans will be sadder than New York City fans were about the era. I don't know. We maybe maybe Tim and I can do an Olympics of suffering later. See, see <laughs> be That'll be special bonus content for Patreon members only. Tim and Mike's Olympics <laughs> of suffering. <laughs> Tim and- <laughs> yeah, whenever I go to New York, we'll just record like a yeah. live podcast. We're like, who's sadder? I miss Jesse. I miss Patrick. We're still Periscope and just just be miserable the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when you go visit, fun times. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about round 16. Very few games like we already talked about. Uh, let's start out game by game review. Uh, Blaine, Montreal versus Orlando. 
who knows on this game? Uh, Montreal has looked halfway decent, and Orlando's defense can look terrible. Uh, if we get good Montreal and good Orlando offenses, this could be a 4-4 game with the way the defenses have been playing this year. Um, we could see both of them kind of sit back a little bit, play a little more conservative, and get a really boring one nothing win either way. have no idea who to really pick from this one. Um, I do like Dwyer's chances, even though they're on the road, if he starts. Um, I think he can take advantage of what Montreal has going on in the back right now. And then Piotti, if he plays, is still your probably your best pick from Montreal. But there's too many question marks for me on this game. And even though it's a six-game six week, 12 teams to choose from, I'm not looking at anybody from this game at all for my lineup. I just I don't know what's going to happen. I could see you getting really big points out of here. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but a Dwyer hat trick is definitely possible given the way things have been going this year. So take a risk at your own, take future risks there. Um, maybe a good bench option here if you really feel like these guys are going to do something. But for my money, there's better options in the other five games this week. Um, as far as the score prediction goes, um, I'm going to call it a 2-2 draw and just split the difference on a shootout and a kind of slow game. But I have no idea on this one. Right, Tim, Columbus versus Wait, Atlanta. What, Mike? Oh, I was going to ask you, is Piotti hurt or is he just getting rotated? I have like, no idea. Just coaches to us? Because I've, I, 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 I meant to talk about him in the injury report, but I haven't actually seen that he was injured. But I know yeah. he didn't play last week. Yeah, I know he didn't. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I didn't actually watch that game this week. Maybe it was just going to the Heat in Dallas at this time of year that they decided to sit him out. But who knows why? I mean, this next game coming up isn't any better. I mean, it's an Eastern Conference matchup. Maybe they were trying to save it all for the home game and get the Eastern Conference points that they need rather than try to go to Dallas and steal a win against one of the toughest Western Conference opponents they're going to have all year. Got to keep them fresh for the big sale. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't at me, Montreal Twitter. I know you're fierce. <laughs> no, do at him. Do at him and at him in French. No, I, on that subject, I really think the way they made that announcement or made that comment about nobody's off the table, that was the indication that it's going to be a fire sale come summer transfer window. And that if they can get two or three good prospects and one starter right now, they will definitely take it. I, mean, I think there's more uh, frustration up there amongst the fans than people realize. And one of the episodes, of, recent episodes of Extra Time Radio, they were talking about just disgruntled fans. And Orlando immediately jumps to mind. But uh, the comment was made that Montreal fans are also pretty, pretty upset, but they're just talking in French, and so most people don't understand. <laughs> so, well, how many times fair. can you? How many times can a fan base see the team go into what should be a rebuild? by a bunch of old players that get maybe two to three seasons and only one of those being very productive and just mortgage the future on a couple of guys that may or may not pan out before they just really want to invest in youth. And I think the fans are getting to that point where they just want to see some youth and some consistency on the team going forward. Montreal to ATX. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, my- 
let's let's put that let's let's put that can of worms back on the shelf and tim let's move on to columbus and atlanta yeah you forgot to say don't at me um all right columbus (laughs) atlanta so this is uh this is going to be a tricky one uh almiron is out what does that mean for atlanta does barco take uh control as a central creative force does kevin kratz come in and rip three free kick goals i I don't know it's going to be tricky but um Right now, I've actually I'm actually leaning towards Columbus. I mean, their defense has been nothing short of spectacular for more than a month now, um, and I've got uh, I've got Abubakar, I've got Stefan and a switcheroo, and I've also got Pippa and Giassi. As uh, I, I'm going for Columbus players here against Atlanta, you know, I'm making some somewhat bold moves, but you know, you got to go with the home team, especially in the early matchup. I mean, let's say a couple of those guys don't pan out on the bench. Um, you can always go with one of the guys from, oh, wait, no, the last last four teams playing are Colorado, Chicago, San Jose, New England. So that's going to be a little <laughs> bit trickier. But there are some guys that can go in. So I've got a couple of uh, Columbus guys on my bench. I think they win this game 2 nothing. I think they really shut down, especially if Almiron doesn't play. I think they really shut him down. Um, you know, Atlanta looked a little disorganized in NYC um, without him. And, you know, granted, they're also playing on a small pitch, you know, against a team that plays out of the back and presses similar to how they do. So it's it's a little bit trickier. But, um, yeah, I think they uh, – if without Almiron, I think they struggle a little bit this week. Unless Kevin Kratz starts, in which case, you know, he's going to get those three goals on free kicks. So. Um, they, they may have been waiting for a mid-game sprinkler cool-off, though. That also true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got uh, – right now I've got Columbus winning 2 nothing. If Almiron doesn't play, if Almiron plays, they still win 2-1. to one. Um, And, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fav- I've got four Columbus guys in my lineup right now. Bold, I like it. That's the kind of pick I like. We'll, we'll test that next week and see, see what happens. Mike, Toronto, D.C. Uh, well, I'll keep up the four players from that lineup uh, kind of pick. Um, I think this is probably one of the easiest matches of the week. Um, whereas, you know, Col- Columbus is dealing with players coming back. You know, we don't know a whole lot about Almiron. Uh, you know, the same for the Red Bulls. We don't know how they'll be without Kaku. Uh, Toronto doesn't have any of those problems, you know, thanks to Michael Bradley helping us miss the World Cup. Um, they're getting everyone back. Uh, they're starting to look better. Uh, and while... I don't know if they're quite at the level they were last year. I, I think we're back at the level where we can count on them to destroy terrible teams at home. And look at here who's coming is DC United, who is a terrible team by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so I'm expecting a lot out of this game. Um, I think uh, Bono in goal is a great pick. I mean, they are the first starting team. So, you know, if something crazy bad happens, you know, you can sub in someone from the uh, last games, although like Tim said, there's not a whole lot of options. Um, I think Auro for uh, defense, you know, either Auro or Vanderweel, uh, and then Vasquez and Giovinco, uh, I think are great picks. Uh, you know, maybe Osorio, if you want to do kind of a little bit differential. Uh, he's had some success uh, with Josie Altidore's uh, injury and 
he's got an opportunity. He's taking advantage of that. Um, so I think there's a lot of good options, but I just don't think DC is going to be able to handle uh, Toronto at home, uh, especially since DC is coming off of having to play midweek in Open Cup and then go to the turf at Seattle, then come uh, another midweek game uh, to TFC. Uh, I think that's a lot to ask for D- DC, especially since Toronto's only had one game in that span. So uh, and that's on Friday. So they're even much better rested team than DC. So I'm I'm expecting big. I'm thinking three nothing for TFC. Nice. All right, Tim, New York, Seattle. So we've got no Kaku this week, and Parker and Adams. I think Adams probably has a little bit less of a chance to play than Parker. Maybe he comes off the bench. Um, you know, Parker could probably play the full 90. We'll see. I mean, Tyler's also got, you know, an incredible engine and incredible recovery rate. So we've seen him play midweek and then play on the weekends like five or six weeks in a row last season when we had that real weird stretch of every other week we were playing, you know, four matches. So um, I think New York wins big here. You know, the the lineup is going to be interesting because guys did work really hard in Columbus, like Alex Wheel, Connor Laid. They're both guys that we might actually see on the bench this week. Maybe we'll see Derek Etienne back in. Um, Maybe we'll see Ethan Cutler appear at right back again. So I think you're going to see all the usual suspects, Bradley Wright, Phillips, Sean Davis. I've got both of them in my lineup. I've also got Danny Royer on my bench, and I've got Aaron Long in the back. Um, pretty much anybody who's a usual suspect, maybe Riza as well. He might be alongside um, Davis, especially if Bezicourt's hurt. Florian Velos probably going to be the main creative force in the center of the pitch for them. So, um, you know, you got a lot of options here this week. Seattle is frankly terrible, so... I think the Red Bulls win 3 nothing here. I think they absolutely steamroll them. It's just a matter of who's actually going to be out on the pitch. Um, but like I said, I've got Wright Phillips, I've got Royer on the bench, I've got Davis, and I've got Long on the back line. Um, but, you know, they play at 8 o'clock, so you'll have a good 30 minutes between when their lineups are announced and when Montreal and Orlando and Columbus and Atlanta start uh, at 7.30 that night. So you'll have a little bit of time, but definitely check those lineups and uh, – You'll, de- you'll want as many Red Bull players as possible this week. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the stat for Seattle is seven goals scored for them, uh, which is the only team not double digits at this point. So rough times. I think that's I think that's what the latest latest stat was, if I recall correctly. But not yeah. good. Not good. And Robles looked great against Columbus. Like he's he's back in form. He's fully healthy. So definitely give him a look at a, at a potential keeper who perhaps. So what you're saying is every few hundred games, he just needs a couple off to catch his breath. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's reasonable. He's good for another <laughs> 150 at least. All right, Mike, back to you. Colorado versus Chicago. I think uh, this is a great one, right? Well, I mean, I was just going to say, I think Robles is definitely good for 150, and I, I look forward to seeing what he can do in Chicago uh, next year, you know, as the Red Bulls captain gets traded <laughs> next year. <laughs> although, although maybe with Jesse Marsh leaving, uh, you know, maybe he has a chance to stick around for more than one season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, this is a this is going to be a terrible game. Maybe it'll be a good game for Chicago. Um, Colorado is on an eight-game losing streak. Um they can't score. Uh, they can't defend. Um, they're awful in every possible way. Uh, I think you can definitely look at Colorado players 
for uh, both offense and defense here. Um, this is one of the later games. and Chicago players. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not, yeah, do, do, under no circumstances should you ever pick Colorado players ever at this point. Um, yeah, so Schweinsteiger, um, if, if Nikolic plays, uh, put a, and I'm, I'm putting a, 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 a asterisk there because Nikolic has kind of been in and out of the lineup, so we're not quite sure. That's the kind of only risk. It's kind of same with Schweinsteiger. We don't know how rested he is. Um, and since this is a later game, you don't have a whole lot of other options if someone goes wrong. That's why I'm not loading up heavy. But right now, I do have Schweinsteiger in my lineup. Um, but mostly that's because I have I have confidence in throwing a New England midfielder um, instead of him. But I mean, I think the other games are better. But I, I definitely think there are some differentials here on the Chicago side. Uh, if you want to stay away from the glut of Columbus, Toronto, and Red Bulls players that you know, we've talked about before. Uh, score prediction: I would say. One nothing Chicago. And Blaine wrap us all up with San Jose versus New England. Yeah, I like the way New England's playing this year. Uh, Bunbury has become absolute fire right now. I think given the way San Jose's defense has been playing, even at home, uh, Bunbury is definitely on my short list. He's probably going to end up on my bench in an auto spot just to see what happens um, unless I do him with a transfer and keep him as a last-ditch effort to bring in somebody to replace somebody else. Um, but San Jose uh, getting three goals against LAFC was kind of impressive, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, we're on Wanda watch. I think he's eight goals shy of the record now. And... New England on the road is another chance for him to get some goals or New England facing New England at home with doing a plate on the road. Their defense hasn't been quite as good on the road. So you can see San Jose notching a couple of goals here. Uh, Vaco seems to be getting back in form. Looked pretty good on that first goal. This was a home game for New England. I would definitely be saying you got to look at three or four deep here. But the way they've been playing and with it kind of being spread out, and Zahibo actually didn't start this last week, and he got a, had a one-point game the week before, kind of just been missing a little bit of time. I don't know if he's picked up a slight knock and they're resting him or if Kellen Rowe is just fighting back for that spot. Um, yeah, just a lot of turnover in this roster and a lot of just sharing of points. Panias goes off one game. Bunbury seems to be the most consistent scoring goals. Fagundes is hit or miss. I mean, he had the assist, which kind of saved his week last week is for fantasy, but all of that. So um, maybe look at Vaco as a bench option, and I'm definitely looking at Bunbury just with his scoring rate right now in these two. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a 2-1 New England on the road. Okay. Thank you so much, guys, for those breakdowns. Now let's move on to the chalkboard. Keepers, Tim. So right now I've got uh, Stefan and Turner. There's a little bit of a switcheroo, but I might uh, I might actually switch that over to Robles and Turner. We'll see. I'll I'll check the lineups and uh, just check me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then at me if you're from at him for for this reason, but not for other reasons. Yeah. No, at him for any reason. <laughs> no, no, um, at me for all the reasons. All of the reasons. Uh, I have Bono right now. Um, I mean, I have Cap as the buy player, but I mean, I would probably switch to Turner um, if it got dire. Wayne. Yeah, I've got Bono to Turner. All right, defenders. Mike. 
Um, in, in the starting lineup, I have Aro and Ellis, and then on the bench in the Otteru, I have Abu Bakar and Long. Blaine. Uh, I've got Vanderweel and Long in the starting lineup, and I've got Parker on the bench in an Otteru spot. And Tim. Got Vanderweel, Long, and then I've got Abu Bakar on the bench. And we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll throw a New England guy in there if, uh, if everybody just sort of poops the bed. Kicks and giggles. Add him on Twitter and find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, midfield, Blaine. Um, got Vasquez, Iguain, and Schweinsteiger on the field, and then I've got Bunbury and Royer in Ottery spots. Tim. I've got Piotti on the bench, interestingly enough. Um, and then I've got uh, Vasquez, Pippa, and Royer. Mike. Uh, I've got five um, in the starting lineup right now, um, and that's, and, and I'll explain why afterwards. Uh, I've got Vasquez, Schweinsteiger, Bunbury, Fagundes, and Higuain. Um, and, and the reason I have you know the two New England guys is because I figure I can scrub them out um, in case I have a good bench week. Makes sense. Four words, Tim. Javinko, Red Phillips, and Zardis. Mike. I have Giovinko, um, Zardes on the bench, and then, of course, uh, Tim's Brad. Big big old Brad. <laughs> you run into him when you're in New York. Follow two nine nines on Twitter. He's got his own clothing <laughs> line now. Two nines. Sorry, two nines. Blaine. Two nines. I've got uh, Giovinco and Bradley Wright Phillips, and then I'm toying with Alan Gordon if he starts. I think he can tear up. Uh, Ooh, I love a low-flying Alan Gordon. That's awesome. <laughs> be fun. Captain Mike. I have it on Vasquez. I don't have firm commitments on that, but that's what I got it on right now. Blaine. I've currently got it on Giovinco, but I'm kind of debating that one. And Tim. Brad. But I might switch it to Gio. We'll see. Poor Gio. Okay, fair enough. And finally, clean sheet chances, Blaine. Um, Toronto and New York for sure. Uh, those are the big ones. Um, the rest of them I can see kind of picking up a goal. Chicago maybe on the road. Okay. Tim. Yeah, I'm with Blaine here. I mean, Chicago may be on the road, but Colorado is just such a tough place to play. Um, I don't understand how they don't have an advantage when Colorado's on the road. They're like, look at all this oxygen, guys. We can run forever. Uh, <laughs> definitely Red Bulls in Toronto have a good shot. And I also like Columbus if uh, Almiron isn't playing. Okay. And Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think they've named him already. Uh, I mean, I think TFC has a great opportunity with DC's struggles on offense. Um, I mean, DC's generally get, tends to get a goal, but they don't play as good a defense as TFC's as when they're healthy. Um, and then I have uh, Red Bulls and Chicago with Columbus kind of the distant fourth. Fair enough. Thank you so much, guys, for all those breakdowns and player recommendations. I will get the chalkboard out this week. I kicked myself. I had it ready. It was on my laptop. I was ready to post it and got busy and forgot. So uh, my bad with chalkboard last week, but I'll have it ready for this week uh, for everyone to see about an hour before kickoff on Wednesday. 
Quick league update moving into our community time. Uh, a great time in the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational League. Uh, lots of great rounds um, going through here. After a massive points uh, a week or two ago, uh, Ben fell to our friend Ivan the Terrible now of um, MLS or uh, Fantasy Football 24-7, no longer with Fantasy Football First. Uh, so good job, Ivan. Right there, uh, we had Blaine. You had a tough match against Catnip Junkies. Yeah, that was sad. One hundred to one hundred five. So <laughs> solid score. Solid score. Uh, I took on. It's a trap. SC uh, one twelve to ninety. I also had the highest score in our league this week. So several of us hit hit the triple digits. But yeah, one twelve was pretty nice for myself. Uh, Mike beating up on Weeby. Yeah, um, I avenged the fact that he still has not sent me the extra time radio um, and so I'll shark because he's afraid of sharks, and after this week, he should be afraid of me. Oh, so, snap. You're going to have to change your, yeah. your name. So much sharks. Um, and then we got Tim going down here, ousted uh, with Assad of Arialis. Um, Arialis. Tough week. Uh, Rough name, rough name. Uh, ninety-three to seventy-five. So tough week for the boys. Tough week for the boys, indeed. And then just for good measure, Jason got ninety-six points. So uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, so uh, tough, tough matches right there in this league. Uh, I maintain the top uh, one eleven to uh, one. Uh, sorry, eleven wins, zero draws, three losses. Uh, with a point differential of plus 187. Uh, Catnip Junkies is right behind me, also 11-0-3, but his point differential is only 96, uh, plus 96. So Ivan the Terrible is third. Tim is right there at fourth. Uh, both of you guys, along with uh, Andrew Crawlard, have a 10-0-4 record. So uh, very tough. And uh, again, I, I love head-to-head matches, which I know I say all the time on the show, but this is this is why it's so, it's so fun is... Uh, Lots of lots of good stuff right here. Yeah, uh, over made, so three Red Bulls fans, top ten. You guys are you guys are tough. You're tough you competition. Go. I gotta say, tough competition. Uh, over at uh, Patreon, uh, Bit Nomad is still at the top, but just by one point over Alex Bruni. Uh, Fifteen forty one is are the total points that Bit Nomad has. Fifteen forty. It's where Alex Bruni is sitting. Uh, so very, very close. You guys uh, really battling right there for first place uh, for this first half of the season. So keep it up. It's been a lot of fun seeing that happen. That's all that I have for the show tonight and that these guys have for you tonight with your tips. Uh, we're going to wrap everything up with plugs. Blaine. Yeah, huge shout out to the U.S. men's national team. I know we don't talk about them much here, but draw against France, first ever goal for the kids against France. I mean, can't give them enough praise for how they played in that one. And then R.J. Gage from the Patreon League. i got to congratulate him. I think I missed it by a couple of weeks, but he welcomed a new daughter into the world. Oh, hey, congrats. Yeah. He's been a longtime listener in Patreon, and just I talked to him quite a bit on the side about different fantasy things. And he's got a new daughter in the family, and just having a good old time. Mike, uh, nothing yet, but um, stay tuned to my uh, Twitter. I'm I may have something cool uh, as a side project that I'll be announcing either this week or next. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see when it happens. So 
Stay tuned on Twitter to find out about that. And Tim. Usual spots at Soccer Captains Twitter and Facebook, SoccerCaptains.com. And, uh, you know, I had like three or four burger puns right now, and I just did not get a chance to use them. So very disappointed about that. Do you, do you just want to say them right now? Uh, no. Yes, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, we, we can kind of stall if you need to catch up. Um, hey. you know, think about your, your tweet. I mean, l- let us help you. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, why is a burger lower in energy than a steak? Because it's in the grounded state. Oh, hey. oh my gosh, that's so oh bad. That's so bad. Oh, uh, well, right, on that note, let me just say that you're not scared of our podcast. Is it killing me? Uh, you all can catch everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. That's coming out with uh, charts and uh, expected player points. And Captain Picks, since that's a bit of a up in the air right now for our crew here tonight, uh, coming out everything by Wednesday, as well as the chalkboard coming out through the Fantasy Insider account on Twitter, at the Fantasy Insider account, uh, at Tim for whatever random thing you want to say, uh, and at the rest of us if you want to engage with some great fantasy talk before the game starts. Thank you so much for listening tonight, everyone. Good luck. <laughs>